0: This is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag for Paris podcast. It's wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in.
1: So let me ask you, are you familiar with the game Simon Says? Uh, It could be dating myself a little bit, could be going back, but it's a game I remember as a kid, and real simple. There is a leader, and they give you instructions, and you have to follow the instructions, and if you don't, you're eliminated. However... You only follow the instructions when they say, Simon says. Now, I realize that you're watching where you're watching, and I don't see you, and it's could get a little bit awkward, but in person a little bit easier, but if I said, you know, Simon says, touch your ears, you grab your ears. If I say, Simon says, touch your nose, you touch your nose. If I say, put your hands on your head, ah, if you put your hands on your head, you'd be eliminated, right? I have no idea what you're doing. Listen, listen, listen. Don't Don't shut me down yet. You're probably thinking, what the heck does Simon says have to do with what we're gonna talk about. Well, I hope that it creates a bit of an image for us at the very end of the message in terms of some of the application for us when it comes to understanding more and more of what does it look like to follow Jesus. If you're just jumping in for the very first time, we've been working through a series that's been focusing upon Jesus. And we've been looking at the Gospel of Mark, which is essentially the teaching and preaching of Peter, one of the close disciples of Jesus. And we've been looking at three questions that are pivotal to the series, pivotal to life, pivotal to the Bible, and it's simply this. Who is Jesus? Like, what is his identity? What is his purpose? What is he all about? And then thirdly, what is my response? How do I make it personal? In the last number of weeks, we continue to come back to this invitation that Jesus gives around follow him. Follow him. Seems so simple, yet profound can change your life. But but what does it begin to look like? Well, at the end of this, we're gonna come back to Simon says and and help us understand more and more around what does it look like? What does it look like to practically follow Jesus? So today we're gonna look at a passage in the Gospel of Mark that deals with three encounters that are pivotal, pivotal to the story of Jesus and hopefully instructive for us as well when we come to a better understanding of what does it look like to follow Jesus? to, To understand that Yes, it begins with belief, but our belief must shape our behavior. So we're going to look at three encounters that Jesus has with Peter. And remember, this is Peter really giving a first-hand account of all that is going on. And so understand and appreciate the details. So we're going to understand it first from the context of Peter and then help us understand around what is the application for you and for me here today. Regardless of where you are on the spectrum of faith, whether you're a follower of Jesus or you're still starting of trying to seek him and understand who he is, I believe there's a next step for all of us. So We're going to turn first to Mark chapter 8, beginning with verse 27. And this is where Peter makes this amazing declaration around who Jesus is. Let's read it and then talk about it. Mark 8, beginning with verse 27, this is what we read. It says, Jesus and his disciples left Galilee and went up to the villages near Caesarea Philippi. As they were walking along, he asked them, who do people say I am? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say you are one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter replied, you are the Messiah. But Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. Rather interesting way to end it. When I think about it in our context, if you were to walk out on the street today and ask a bunch of random people, who do you think Jesus is? There's a good chance everybody knows who we're talking about, but there's going to be a difference or disagreement upon who he is. Some may say, well, he's a teacher or a great moral leader, or he's a, a faith healer or, or something along those lines. Others would say, you know, he is God. He is the Messiah. And that's kind of the conversation that Jesus has with his disciples. There's different comments around who he is, but then he gets personally, he says to them, who do you say that I am? And Peter declares, you are the Messiah. You are the anointed one. You are the one that we have been waiting for, that that God had promised, the one who's going to save, restore, and redeem his people in the midst of all of life. It's, It's a rather pivotal moment in the Gospel of Mark. It's a pivotal moment for Peter, because if you go back just a couple of chapters, you realize that the disciples were looking around at different times thinking like, who is this guy? And so if you're someone who's still seeking Jesus, I hope this is encouraging to you that, that as you lean in more, as you seek him more, there'll become greater clarity. Now, for some of you watching, you'll be like, yeah, I'm, I'm with Peter right here. I know that Jesus is the Messiah. Well, that last comment that Jesus makes when he tells him not to warn anyone is a bit of an indicator as to something more is about to happen. Because once you think, if Peter declared that Jesus was the Messiah, that this would make perfect sense, that, that why wouldn't you start telling everyone, like, we found the Messiah, this is the one that the prophets had been speaking about. But Jesus tells them to keep it quiet. Why? Because they're about to see, they didn't fully appreciate or understand what it meant for Jesus to be the Messiah. And maybe you can appreciate this. Maybe you can believe in Jesus. You can understand Jesus. You can know that he is the one who died and he rose again. But but what does it begin to mean for you? Because you keep going through the gospel of Mark. The very next place we land is Jesus begins to teach. He starts speaking to his disciples about how he must suffer, how he is going to go to Jerusalem. He's going to be handed over. He's going to be crucified. He's going to die. But on the third day, he's going to rise again. Well, this to me, would have been one of those jaw dropping moments for the disciples. They, they'd be like, "Listen, listen, wait a second, Jesus. We just, we just acknowledge that you're the Messiah. That 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 you're the one that 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 God had sent to to save us and redeem us. And and now you're, now you're talking about dying." Well, Peter, as Peter often does, steps up and we're told he takes Jesus aside and begins to rebuke him. Basically, like gets up in his face and is like, "Jesus, Jesus, no, 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 no. This is not the deal." And then Jesus says some pretty harsh words he 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 actually jumps in and says to peter get away from me satan you are seeing things merely from a human point of view not from god's and you may stop there and be like whoa wait wait a second it is that actually what jesus said like that's pretty harsh like peter just declared jesus as the messiah and now he's calling him satan understand the context Understand that everybody else would have been on Peter's side of, of looking at Jesus like, why are you talking about suffering? why are you talking about dying? You see for them for the entire nation of Israel, their understanding of a Messiah was like a conquering king not not a king who would lay down his life. you see Jesus was countercultural he he came into this world as the Messiah based on what it was we needed he, Have you ever stopped and considered why the cross is pivotal to Christianity? Because it speaks to the reality that Jesus came to give of his life for the benefit of others. You know, when you think of political powers, when you think of kings, when, when you think of rulers of this world, they often expect others to lay down their lives for their benefit. But Jesus does the exact opposite. He was the suffering king. He was the suffering servant. He's the one who went to the cross for our benefit. You see, it's one thing to say that Jesus is the Messiah, but do we understand what that means? The the impact that it has, the the, the full extent of God's love for us. Well, there's more. As you continue to read, there is yet another encounter. We're told that six days later, Jesus, Peter, James, and John, they all go up on the mountain side and something happens. Let's read it, and then we'll talk about it. we we'll are turn to Mark chapter 9, beginning with verse 2, and this is what we read. It says, six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, and led them up a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed, and his clothes became dazzling white, far whiter than any earthly bleach could ever make them. Then Elijah and Moses appeared and began talking with Jesus. Peter exclaimed, Rabbi, it's wonderful for us to be here. Let's make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. He said this because he didn't really know what else to say, for they were all terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved son. Listen to him. Suddenly when they looked around, Moses and Elijah were gone, and they saw only Jesus with them. Okay, okay, so, so what was that all about? A couple of key things. Jesus goes up with Peter, James, and John on the mountain, and suddenly Jesus' appearance changes. He, 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 he begins to see the, the glory of God. It would have been a similar parallel, if you know, the story of Moses going up to Mount Sinai to, to gather the Ten Commandments, that when he came down, the, the people who saw him noticed that his appearance had changed. Very similar. But in addition to that, Peter is looking around and now he sees Jesus, Elijah, and Moses. Now they were the heavyweights of the Old Testament. Uh, Moses represents like the law of God, the the Ten Commandments. Elijah represents the, the prophets of God, the ones who spoke of the coming Messiah. And then there's this big moment and Peter misses it again. We're told that they're terrified. Have you ever been in a place where there's like awkward silence and you don't know what to say? Bit of life advice. When you don't know what to say, the best thing is to say nothing. But Peter, as we see so often, just simply can't help himself. He's like, hey, I got an idea. I got an idea. We got Moses, we got Elijah, we got you, Jesus. We're going to build three shelters and and we're going to glorify you and this is going to be awesome. And then suddenly as Peter is speaking, a cloud envelops them and a voice, the voice of God says, this is my son. Listen to him. And suddenly Elijah's gone and Moses gone. All right, like what, what the heck just happened? Like, like, why, like why is Peter in trouble yet again? Real important. Peter was trying to put Jesus on an equal footing with Moses and Elijah. And what was being made very clear is that Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, he is unique. He is the exclusive way to God. That he is not equal to Moses and Elijah. Moses and Elijah point and speak to him. You you see, this is interesting when you think of Jesus as compared to other faiths and, and other beliefs. They all speak about pointing you to God. Whereas Jesus never talks like that. He speaks of how he is the way, he is the truth. He is the life. He continually points to himself. Why? Because Jesus is not a prophet. He's not a teacher. He's not simply a faith healer. He is God in human form. I mean, think about that for a moment. Like when we start to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, we begin to understand and appreciate the fact that Jesus is God truly with us. And so we worship him. We, we don't worship Moses. We don't worship Elijah. We, we use their teachings to help us see and worship Jesus, the true Messiah. Okay, that was a lot. That was a lot. So, so what does this all mean? Peter declares Jesus the Messiah. Then he gets rebuked by Jesus for, for trying to tell Jesus not to suffer. And then he tries to put Jesus on equal footing with others. And again, he gets shut down. What does it mean? Back to the three questions. It reminds us again of the significance of recognizing the identity of Jesus is God, that he is the Messiah. It helps us understand again, the purpose is that in Jesus, he is the one who gives, he is the one who who suffers. He he is the one, the only one who can truly draw us to the Father. But then we land at our third place. What is our response? Up until this point, you can believe everything I said. You can believe Jesus the Messiah. You can believe that, that, that he died for you. You can believe that he is the only way, the God. But have you made it personal? How does it begin to shape your behavior? I want to pull back to two phrases that are used in these encounters. The first one comes in Jesus' rebuke of Peter. That, that after he, he rebukes Peter, he, he begins to speak to the entire crowd. And in Mark 8 verse 34, he says this, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give your life for my sake, for the sake of the good news, you will save it. For what benefit if you gain the whole world, but lose your own soul? What does it mean to follow Jesus? One phrase, it means you give up your way. When, when you follow someone, you understand that they are the one leading you. They are the one guiding you. Do we allow Jesus to do that in our life? Do we, do we truly allow him to lead? Maybe sometimes we go to him for advice and suggestions and, you know, kind of help us on, on some of the issues of life. But, but do we truly allow him to lead us in the midst of all of life? You see, understand, Jesus is not just some self-help guru. Like our, our our culture has idolized and fallen in love with self-help. You know, how do I become the best version of myself? That, that's not what Jesus is asking of us. He's like, will you lay down your life? Will you literally pick up a cross? Will you follow me in all of life? It, it begins to set your purpose apart. This past week, I spent a couple of days skiing with my youngest son, Canaan. And we had great conversations on chairlifts and, and going up and down. And one of the questions we had was around, like, what is our purpose in life? Like, as a follower of Jesus, do we just kind of do what we want to do? And we got talking about how, no, 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 no. We use our lives as a means to follow Jesus. That, that everything we do, the big things, the small things, uh, the, the things that people may never see, we do it in a way to step closer to Jesus. We lay down our life to follow him. Then there's a second phrase. Very next encounter, when Jesus is up on the mountain and as Peter is is, is saying something, he doesn't really know what he's saying. The voice from God says this, this is my son, listen to him. Simon says, it's a game that reminds us of the importance of listening. That if we're not listening, if we're not paying attention, we're not going to follow the instructions. Same thing is true with Jesus. That so often we may think, well, what does it look like to, to follow Jesus? Well, the question i have come back to is, are we listening to him? Are we looking to the Bible? Are we spending time in prayer? Are we, are we landing at a place where we truly allow God to speak into our life? You see, it's one thing to know that Jesus is the Messiah. It's one thing to understand that he lived, he died, he rose again for our sake. But are we following him? Are we giving up our way? Are we choosing to listen to him? This is a really cool thing about Christianity, is that those are the principles and the application begins to be played out differently in our lives. I don't know where you are. I don't know what you're doing right now, but but what would it begin to look like if this week you truly sought to listen to what Jesus wanted you to do? It may come in a nudge. It may come in an opportunity. It, it may come in a place where maybe you won't say what you thought you wanted to say. You see, Canaan asked me this week about what difference does Jesus make in my life? And we talked about different things. But one of the things that I realized is that oftentimes it means that I step away from my selfish behaviors of doing the things that will only benefit my life and look to how I can benefit others through serving them, and in doing so, truly following Jesus. This week, this week, as you think of following Jesus, what would it look like to lay down your desires to honor Jesus? What does it look like to truly listen to him, maybe in the quietness of life, to see what he is asking of you? Let me pray. And I'm just going to pray that there be clarity for all of us for opportunities this week to truly take a step that we believe we're stepping into because this is the way of Jesus. Let me pray. And so, Lord God, as we we think of Jesus and we think of who you are, we think of all that you've done for us. May our lives be a response. May we truly lay down our lives for you. May we truly listen to you. That may be just stepping away from some of the busyness may just be taking time to to read the Bible and see what are you asking of us. It may be responding to some of the nudges that come in the midst of life. May we take a step. May we be deliberate and intentional in following you. For we ask you, Jesus, in your name, amen. And so, hey, I really hope this week that this becomes intentional and lived out. And I'm gonna ask a favor. I'm going to ask if, if there's something that, that maybe comes up in your life and you're like, man, I would have never have done this if not for Jesus. I would love, love to hear from you. I got an email from a buddy this week just talking about some of the little things in his life that that were prompted because, because of his following Jesus. I mean, he's a manager and he decided to to serve his entire staff lunch. And they're all looking at him like, why do you do this? No other manager does this. And he said in the quietness of his heart, he's like, because this is what it means to follow Jesus. I would love to hear more stories like that. Cheering you on this week as we take steps closer and closer to following Jesus.
0: It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B.ca.